absolutely amazing. I'm just tongue tied, just talking about it. Yes, yes, I'm a favorite now. Welcome to the Extraordinary Being Movement, where we inspire you to take action, influence you for change, and motivate you for success. Hi, I'm your host and coach, Linda Carmine, tonight, and we have an explosive show this evening, which I'm so excited about, is about how you can have it all. A strong marriage, a supportive family, and a super successful business. But before we get into that, let me introduce to you my two favorite co-hosts, the one and only Fred Martinez. Fred, how are you this evening? Doing fabulous. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great show tonight because uh, these are the things that I failed at. So thank you. <laughs> I, I told you earlier, this show is pretty much for you. Actually, it's all for us. We've been through different things in our lives that have affected our businesses and our relationships. So this is going to be an awesome discussion this evening that's going to shed a lot of light on things that we've done in the past and things we need to do for the future. But before we get into our special guest, let's just say hi to Christopher Shiver. Chris, what's going on? Hey, Len. Um, uh, Fred, you, you may have made those mistakes, but I feel like I'm making those mistakes right now because I'm entrepreneurship and, I, and with Corona happening as well on top of it, I can, there's tension in the relationship and there is communication that has definitely shifted and changed because we've been so close to each other. So right now I need some guidance. I need some clarity. Please tell me where to go. <laughs> well, Chris, we're going to get that tonight plus more. So let's not waste any more time. Let me introduce our guest for this evening. And that's Monica Tanner, who is married to her best friend, boss mom to four small human beings a weekly podcaster herself. The podcast is called On the Brighter Side, Marriage for Entrepreneurs, and a Relationship and Intimacy Sexpert. She understands entrepreneurship and marriage are hard, but they both take work, and she knows that you can do it. There are a lot of ups and downs, and sometimes it feels like it's just too much, but tonight she will let us in on a little secret. Monica Tanner, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Well, we greatly appreciate it. We've been looking forward to having you because I think this is a topic that true and dear to a lot of entrepreneurs where, you know, we kind of get in that struggle. We want to build these businesses, but our spouse or our partner wants us to have that stability of that nine to five job so that they know that, you know, that money is coming in to pay the bills and support our families and so forth. And I know I've dealt with that a lot throughout my life. Um, going from job to job, but yet still having that entrepreneur spirit inside of me that I want this more than anything. But I'm always, you know, back and forth trying to balance everything. So we want to definitely talk to you tonight, tonight about how to do that balance and so much more. But before we get going, we want to hear a little bit about your journey. How did you get started in this? What, what, what brought you to becoming this type of expert? Yeah, so I think that I've always been very... Uh, for lack of a better word, I'm just going to say obsessed with marriage. My parents divorced when I was 12 years old. And I, I feel like ever 
since that moment, I've kind of been a student of what makes a marriage strong and lasting, but also the coping mechanism I kind of developed in that young, at that young age was that I wanted to always be really good at things. Like I felt like I would, I had to be the best at everything I did in order to kind of earn love. Right. And so I also developed a big curiosity about this question. What makes somebody successful? Like like the definition of success, what is it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like those two questions has, have always been kind of omnipresent in everything that I've, I've done. Um, but so I went to college, I studied sociology and child development with the intention of getting my master's in social work. But before I could start that graduate's program, my Prince Charming came in, swept me off my feet. Uh, you know, we rode off into the sunset, got married, started our family. And uh, so I kind of shelved that for a while, started raising my kids. We started a business together. So I totally understand being in business with your spouse. Um, after I had my third child, I kind of hit rock bottom where I was like so overwhelmed by, you know, my responsibilities in the business, having two crazy toddlers running around the house, trying to nurse a newborn baby, keep the house clean, have dinner ready. Like I just was like that coping me mechanism I told you about being good at everything and handling it all. I couldn't do it. And so I kind of, you know, hit this point where I was like, you either have to get me some help with some of this, or you've got to check me into a funny farm because I can't, I can't do it. I can't do all of it. Right. And so, um, at that moment we pulled me out of, uh, out of our business and I, I did the stay at home mom thing for a little bit. And after just a little while, I kind of developed this, this kind of restlessness, this, this kind of desire to, to do something for myself. And so I started my own business and, um, you know, kept, kept, uh, continued to raise our children wow. after our fourth child went to school full time. Mm -hmm. I decided it was time for me to grow up and like really do what I was passionate about. So I sold my business and went back to school to become a marriage and family counselor. Wow. Yeah. So a year into that program, I decided I absolutely positively did not want to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a difficult and expensive realization because that yeah. program was a lot of money. So we chalked that up to a nice little donation. Uh, and I, I dropped out of school and I got really depressed because I was like, dang it. I like, I want to help people, but I don't want to help them when they're at their end of the rope. I want to help them to, to prevent them from getting there. Right. Like I want to help them. So they don't end up in a counselor's office, sure. and, but I was like, who's going to listen to me. I don't have any credentials. I have years of experience, but I don't know how to get my, my message out there into the world. And luckily, I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels, but yes, he yes. happens to be my neighbor. Oh, wow. I had no idea who he was at the time. Honestly, he was just a nice guy who lived around the corner who was checking on us. And I remember he was sitting on my couch and I was telling him this sob story about how I just had this message inside of me. I wanted to get out to the world. And he sat there on my couch and he was like, you need to start a podcast. And I have no idea why I listened to him at the time. <laughs> But I did, I did exactly what he told me to do. He sent me an email with like explicit instructions of what I needed to do to start mm -hmm. a podcast. And I did, I, I followed him to a T a month later, started my podcast and I started to explore with all of these guests that would come on my show, what makes a marriage strong and lasting and what is the definition of success? And mm -hmm. it took me 
several years, but I finally found my voice and zeroed in on my niche and really figured out that I could, I had this unique experience, this unique insight, and now all of these incredible um, gems of wisdom that I had collected over the years that I could really help at this intersection between entrepreneurship and marriage. So that's what I do. And I love it so much. No, I can definitely hear the passion in your voice about this, that, you know, after all those years of training, the schooling and, you know, family life, you took all that experience and made it into something that can really help and benefit people. And that's absolutely amazing. So, you know, I, I wish you the, wish you the best in, in this continuous endeavor that and keep changing lives because that's what you're great at and that's what your gifts are for for people. So that's awesome. So awesome that you're doing all this. Chris, you have a question? Actually, I just want to say, because you you mentioned something really, I find really interesting. Because when I was in coaching, I kind of had it from the second second direction. Because I I was doing a lot of coaching. But what I found was that usually when people decide to do that work, do that grit, it's usually kind of, it's kind of already happened. Like the, the bad thing has already kind of happened. And that's why they're there. But what you said, I find very interesting, is that you want to get ahead of it. You want to teach people what they need to learn now so that, you know, we can, we, so, you know, 20 years in the future, I'm not trying to figure it out then. I already have it figured out. I don't have to run into these problems. I'd love for you to tell us more about that. How do you get ahead of this? Yeah. Well, so I find that in my own experience and then working with so many others that what happens is entrepreneurship, like you said in the opening, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot more risky than like a nine to five job. There's a lot more ups and downs. There's, there's sure. a lot more opportunities for failure, but there's a lot more opp- opportunities for just extreme growth as well. But a lot of people don't take into account the strain that puts on a relationship when somebody's like, you know, head down focused on, on so- something entrepreneurial. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of financial resources, and a lot of, you know, you know frankly, just experimentation. Like you're going to fail more times. Yep you know, then you, then you were expecting, but hopefully, you know, you keep getting up and trying again, but that support system from home, that supportive spouse, a supportive family, that's so important. And so that's where I come in and I've developed um, a, a, a series of, of, of uh, strategies and skill sets and frameworks that I call sex spionage. So um, <laughs> that's how I help people. I teach people how to navigate all of the um, the challenges that arise when you're really working hard to build something, both at home and in your business. So, um, so, so that's what it is. It's it's called sex espionage, and it's it's basically learning all the different levels of intimacy that are involved when you're trying to work together with another human being who sometimes is in the business business, but not necessarily. So they don't, you know, a lot of times the spouse isn't entrepreneurial and so isn't as big of a risk taker and, you know, doesn't understand these huge kind of leaps of faith that the entrepreneur needs to make in order to be successful. So, so there's a lot of tug and pull. There's a lot of give and take. There's, there's a lot of navigating these, these waters. So. Yeah. How, 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 how do you make a compass? Like, how, how do you make one? Because, like, uh, um, you just kind of hit what I'm currently dealing with, which is um, 
uh, my partner, she doesn't quite understand the entrepreneurship lifestyle. Um, actually, right. I don't think she completely understands it. I think she, I think she conceptualizes it, but emotionally, I don't think she quite understands it. How, yeah. how do I gain a compass through that to the point where I can be fully supportive for her and understand like she, you know, she knows what she knows and that's yeah. the best I can do. Yeah. Well, I love that. So you're calling it a compass. I, I like to call it a, um, a blueprint. So uh, the way I kind of look at it, the way I kind of maybe learned it and solidified it for myself is, um, it is you like, like if you see a house that you really love, right? You're driving through a neighborhood and you're like, I love that house. I would love to live in that house, right? All you really need to be able to build that house is the, the plans, the blueprint to build that house, right? So you go and you find who has the blueprint for that house and then you start to build it using the materials for that house and so so that's what i hopefully am offering to you know these entrepreneurs is is somewhat of a blueprint it's like you know the lumber the electrical the 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 just the guts that make up you know the house that you want to live in but that's up to you like you've got to pick up, up the house but the lumber and the electrical they might look differently for you but foundationally they are the same you have to have electricity you have to have plumbing you have to have you know uh framing those types of things are what i can teach you but you have to put it and build it into the house that you want right so one thing that i that that when we were talking about it you're talking about the blueprint you're talking about the the formula the one thing i kind of could say from an individual for myself is gone through the aspects of being having a business and then when money wasn't coming in because the contracts weren't coming in that the stress and strain on the marriage also where the, I'm on the other aspects of it because I'm divorced now and the time I was married had a had a business and contracts weren't coming in so things kind of like unraveled and so an individual like you coming in to prevent that type of situation where both couples can get on the same page would definitely be when you kind of look at it as you're, you're providing the guidance on, hey, if you follow these steps, because husbands and wives don't really communicate, they work on that communication, they're going to realize that you're going to have the pitfalls of the business going up and going down, you're celebrating your successes. And, and even when you have your losses, you should be celebrating because that's an opportunity for other people saying, hey, this isn't going to work out, but you're opening up the door for somebody else to come in. So I love it. And I love how you have the, the growth mindset, because the one thing that I that I loved how you said it was, the, ex, the expense, you said that was a donation. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I feel like everything we do in life, like I've lost a lot of money in different, like, you know, entrepreneurial things that I've tried, you know, and I do, I, I call it a donation. I call it schooling. You know, you, you pay for a college education. Sometimes you just, you learn these tough lessons, but the important thing is that you learn something from them so you can say you know that money paid for you know me learning this right and so i feel like uh with your question chris i gave you such a like a big bird's eye view of it but but for you what you were asking my answer to you like how do you bring your your spouse along with you when they're not necessarily entrepreneurial 
my my biggest answer to you would be would be vulnerability would be for you to be able to open up and share with her your dreams your vision for for what you're building um, for you to be able to share your insecurities, the challenges you're facing, your wins and, and the things that you're excited about, right? So she doesn't necessarily need to be passionate about what you're passionate about or geek out on what you're geeking out on, right? Because people who expect their spouses to get really geeked out on what they're geeking out on, they're going to be very disappointed, right? But you yeah. can share that emotional journey with her. So she's there along the ride. So she can love you in the hard times and love you in the in the in the amazing times because you're opening up to her and i think that's the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make because you know i know what my big dreams are like i know what this final destination looks like but if i don't bring my family into it i can't be upset if they're not like supporting and like you know, getting excited for me because I haven't shared that with them. So I think that's one of the most important things and places to start is just with this kind of raw vulnerability of, hey, like, I don't always have all the answers. Like, I have no idea how we're going to do this most of the time. But, you know, here's what I ultimately want to build. And when I'm standing on the top of this mountain, when I achieve all of these things, I want to be standing up there with you, right? But I'm, it's not a straight shot to the top. Like there's going to be landslides. There's going to be, you know, it's going to snow and we're not going to have our coats. You know, there's going to be, you know, a lack of oxygen once we get to a certain level. But at the same time, there's also going to be these incredible views. And there's going to be these amazing vistas and, and beautiful weather at times, right? And we get to experience all of it together. So when we're standing at the top, hand in hand, we can look over all that we've accomplished and all that we've overcome and know that we did it together, right? So it's being able to have that vulnerability and share all of those emotions along the way and ask for the support that you need because a lot of people just don't do that, right? Just like, hey, you know, you just expect it. So mm -hmm. being able to open up and be really vulnerable and share all of it with your spouse is going to be probably the most important thing that you can do. Wait, when you said that, sorry, sorry, Chris, go ahead. Go, no, no, please go for it. I was gonna. I was gonna say when you said that, what popped in my mind was Rocky and one of the movies, and where he ends up winning the championship. He wins the belt, and it, and he says, uh, "Adrian, we did it!" <laughs> so that popped in my mind because he was he, the, what he was looking at is he wanted to celebrate that with his wife, and it's just everything that you do, you're wanting to celebrate it with your best friend, your spouse. And so that is really good advice to tell people. Yeah, um, and, and, and and funny enough, like you, you're, you're telling me this, I'm seeing my own family dynamic because my my I'm coming from a family of entrepreneurs, and and so so I, I I've I've learned that a lot of the things I've learned how to deal with my relationships now I've learned from them, and unfortunately um, we don't not practice that sort of vulnerability about our businesses with each other. We we just don't. And so, unfortunately, though, like now that you talk about that, I've real I kind of put it all into perspective for myself. And I was like, oh well, that would uh, that would cause some tension in the family right there. Because not only that, I mean, because um, as 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 a children, you have absolutely no idea what's going on, nor do you have any understanding what's going on, and you're kind of just dragged along for it, and it's confusing, it's frustrating. And uh, I really wish there was some vulnerability there as a kid. You know, I've been really like, like, hey, we're we're doing this because you know the family is awesome, and that's what we do. <laughs> you know, like that would have been enough. <laughs> you know what's really interesting too is because 
more than the financial benefit that eventually my business will provide for my family, mm -hmm. I they get to learn a lot of different things um, just about life, like mm -hmm. life lessons when I can, when we can open up to them, right? So like if I have this big launch coming up and I set these, all these goals for myself and I tell my kids, you know, depending on their ages, you can share different things with them, right? And what if I don't hit those goals, right? Do how do I respond then? Do I climb into bed and like, you know, be depressed for the next like year of my life? Or do I just do I look at the numbers and I'm like, hey, you know, this didn't pan out the way mom was expecting, mom was hoping, but we're gonna we're gonna look through this, we're gonna figure out how we can readjust and and do it again better the next time, right? And so they get to learn like. Like what, how do we respond when things don't go our way, right? That's a big life lesson that these kids need to know. Like if we were planning a massive trip to Disneyland, but we didn't come up with the funds for that and we have to change our trip to like maybe, you know, a weekend getaway up to a cabin somewhere, like that's a great lesson for them to learn. Look, our priority is to be together as a family. So whether it's a big, huge vacation to Disneyland or a little vacation, you know, an hour drive away, like we value family time. And so we're going to find a way to do it, maybe not so elaborately. So like all of those things are the resiliency and the, you know, all of those lessons, that's the gift of entrepreneurship that you're giving your family and your kids, right? So I do think that vulnerability is so important. Yeah, definitely where the value is for sure. And um, another thing I kind of, I'm kind of curious about. So because there's a, there's a huge difference between the entrepreneur, you know, mindset and of course the the employee, and Very. yeah, and uh, so um, I'm gonna let you in something a little personal with me right now. I'm having a bit of an, a, a conflict with my with my partner over you know which one's better, and she thinks that being an employee is better, and I think I'm like okay, that's what you think for yourself. I don't think that for myself. I, I don't think I'm I'm good with employee and all that stuff. I guess I know for myself. From being where I was raised, if you want to be a millionaire, which I do, right? I'm sorry, but going the employee route is not the way you're gonna do it. I mean, maybe in a few a few particular cases it will happen, but it's just so rare and few in between. Um, so, how do you go about uh, belief systems? We run into belief systems. <laughs> how do how do how do you go about um, uh, teaching vulnerability in those cases? Especially yeah. if the, the spouse doesn't want to get vulnerable about it. How, how, do, you, how do you help your clients? Mm, well, I teach them about curiosity. So actually, I'm, I just, you just asked me and I just unveiled my favorite equation in this whole thing, which is curiosity plus vulnerability equals creativity. Mm. So when you have different ideas about things, that's not a bad thing. This it's conflict is a good thing. In fact, it's what brings passion to a relationship, right? You wouldn't want to be married to your clone and agree on everything, right? So when you apply this equation to any type of conflict, curiosity plus vulnerability, you end up with creativity. You end up turning the conflict into not compromise. I hate the word compromise because that just like, it's a semantics thing I know, but when I think of the word compromise, I mean, everybody's giving something up until you get something that nobody's really happy with. But if you apply curiosity in that case, like, like why do you think that? Like, what, what has molded your thoughts or your experiences into this, right? And you, you figure out like where they're coming from and what, you know, what's at the 
the deepest root, this part of that, right? And then you can crack open and get vulnerable. What's at the deepest, rudest part of, of your beliefs, right? Uh, invariably, you'll come up with something really creative where none of you has to, either of you, neither of you has to give up anything, but you can create something even more expansive and exciting than what was there before. So if you'll apply that equation to any type of conflict, wherever you are, whether it's feeling a lack of support or not being understood or whatever it is, if you will get really curious and then allow yourself to get vulnerable, typically you'll end up with something really creative and really amazing. <laughs> that really, is that resonating with you, Chris? No, oh, that's all hundred percent. I, I just love it. Love it. Love the energy. Love, love, I love the, the, the commitment to this common ground. I love the, the combination of, you know, what, what, I'm sorry, vulnerability plus, uh, plus curiosity equals creativity. Oh God. Um, it is, might take more than one conversation. Like of course, of course. Overnight, right? I want it's it now. Just, yeah. <laughs> But like entrepreneurship, it's not immediate. It's like a road where you 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 have highs and you have lows. But eventually, eventually, if you stick it out, you'll get there. Monica, I have a question for you. In terms yeah. of the uh, wisdom and knowledge, you have this life lessons that you've learned. So, what life lesson have you learned that you can share with the with our audience? About what? <laughs> just your life lesson of how you came up with this your your in the mindset because you had this journey mm -hmm. and so because of this journey you had pitfalls you had uh and then as well as you had successes so you have some some knowledge that you can pass on to maybe that you're like a tw the the 20 year old version of yourself mm -hmm. so i think that my my biggest lesson that i've learned in life is that well, let me go back. So I was explaining to you, my parents got a divorce when I was like 12, right? And so all of a sudden my life dramatically changed and it was kind of like, you know, my parents were kind of off doing their own things. And I created this kind of persona where I had to get really, really strong and really independent. Like nobody was in my corner anymore. Like it was just me against the world kind of thing. Right. And so I took that into my marriage. And it, it took until I had three kids. And, and I was also certain that I was never getting a divorce. Like I was like, this, this will never happen. I will learn enough about marriage to just never allow this to happen to me. And so it became my biggest fear. My biggest fear, my whole life would be wrecked if I ever allowed myself to get a divorce, right? And so, but I was strong and independent and I knew I could do it no matter what it was. And I, I didn't ever ask for help. And so what happened was after I had this third baby and I was up against like incredible odds and all of my coping mechanisms no longer worked, I was at the lowest of the low and I had to completely recreate how I was going to get through the challenges I was facing. And what I learned was to ask for help. Mm. I couldn't do it by myself. I wasn't going to be able to just strong, strong man, my way out of it. I couldn't do it. And so I had to ask for help. So how have I learned like what I've learned on this journey all the way is that if ever I get to a point where I don't know the answers or I can't do it myself, I ask for help. 
And a lot of these things that we've been discussing this whole time are things that I have learned from people who have gone before me, people way wiser than me, way more experienced, right? So that's my podcast on the brighter side of marriage for entrepreneurs, right? I interview successful entrepreneurs who have like gone through all of this, right? And I take copious notes and I listen to them. What have they learned that have helped them on their journey? And if ever I get to a point where I'm like, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know how this goes. I don't think I can do this by myself. Instead of seeing it as a sign of weakness, I see it as my greatest strength now as I'm like, I have so many people now that I can go to and just ask for help. And so I think seeing, you know, vulnerability and the ability to ask for help as a strength is, is one of the greatest, like, assets that you can develop and then recognizing that it's okay to allow people to help you because when you get through to the other side you can turn around and help somebody else like that is like the whole circle of life love it love it no i absolutely love that i monica i know you interview a lot of people you know a lot of successful people who are their marriage is going well they're being entrepreneurs is there a commonality between them that you've noticed that comes up a lot in their, in these conversations you have with them that like the, the secret that each of them are still that's, that's working for them. Yeah. I think the secret is just <laughs> deciding, right. It's just making a choice. Like I'm going to make the choice to prioritize my marriage. I'm going to make the choice to be successful no matter what, you know, challenges I face. I'm just going to choose to keep climbing up that mountain. Even if I get knocked down, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna keep climbing up and I'm gonna hold my partner's hand and we're gonna get up to the top together. And so the the most successful entrepreneurs that I have, um, have, have interviewed have simply made the choice. Like, I don't care how I get there or what it takes, but I'm hand in hand with my partner, we are gonna get up to the top of that mountain. And then just doing it. <laughs> no, that that's great, and that's something that we talk a lot about in all of our shows. Is that everybody has a choice in life. Mm-hmm. So you have a choice to either you know focus on having a bad marriage, you can focus on having a successful marriage, but the choice is yours, and it's how you go about you know supporting your partner, being resourceful, and working together, and also communicating. You know that's a choice both of you need to make and work together on doing that, which is, which is great. I, I, I mentioned the word communication. What do you, how do you work with partners in communicating more effectively to, with each other? Cause I think that's a big thing that a lot of people have a hard time dealing with. Yeah. That's a, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of well, theories and communication techniques and all of that. I, I, I really go back to uh, that equation that we, that we, initially talked about is just being curious, like, like, like assuming the best of your partner, right? So if your partner's being unsupportive for some reason, or you feel as though your partner is being support unsupportive for some reason, right? Instead of assuming the worst, assume the best, like there must be some reason that this is causing fear or anxiety or trouble somehow for them. And how can I get to the root of what that is? So just really embracing that curiosity 
and then being willing to be vulnerable like like hey when you you know come in the office and get so upset with me after i'm working so hard to make this thing work it hurts me like it's hard for me i'm trying to to do this for my family like talk to me about why you know this is so you know what what is this resistance coming from right so curiosity vulnerability and then come up with a creative solution that both people can live with. And so a lot of times when you when you start off on this or, or you decide to do this, this journey of entrepreneurship, people get kind of um, uh, side, uh, what's it called? Blindsided mm-hmm. by the struggles that they're gonna face in entrepreneurship. Like there's a lot of things that just come out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, that was unexpected, right? And so you just like at that, at each of those points that you might need to renegotiate, like, Hey, this is requiring a lot more of me than I agreed to, or this is, you know, a lot harder than I initially thought it would. And so sometimes like kind of that, that contract of, of I'll keep the kids out of the office for this amount of time or, you know, whatever it needs to be renegotiated. Right. And so that can show up in a lot of different ways. It can show up in anger. It can show up in resentment. It can show up in whatever, however it is. But if you're, you know, in tune with your partner and they are a priority to you, if you're doing the things that I teach you to do, like daily connect, we haven't even talked about these mm-hmm. things, but daily mm-hmm. connections, and <laughs> date nights and, 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 and daily fives and things like that, that are really important to the relationship, you're going to know, you're going to know if your spouse is struggling with something. And at that point, you can go to them and say, let's, maybe we need to renegotiate this and find a different arrangement that's, that works better for both of us. So that I, you know, so that I can do what I need to do and you can get what you need to get and and do what you need to do. And we both feel better about it. Right. So, so as far as communication, I mean, there's techniques galore. Of course. The root of it is, is curiosity and vulnerability. No, I love it. And and let's talk about what you just brought up about date nights and intimacy. I know you mentioned earlier about the various levels of intimacy. Can you shed some more light and, and about that as well? Yeah, so I um, the the different uh, the different kind of non-negotiables I teach people. Um, the, so the, there's levels of intimacy, which I call training in the art of sex espionage, right? So there's mm-hmm. kind of these eight like kind of levels that you you learn, right? Yeah. But kind of at the root of all of it are our habits, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's daily connections. So I teach daily connections. There are one thousand four hundred and forty minutes in every single day. And so I'm asking you to spend 10 to 20 of those minutes every day, non-negotiable. If you can't find 20 minutes out of 1,440, it's time to like renegotiate the schedule, right? (laughs) So this is a time where you're going to be with your partner. There's no phones, there's no kids, there's no distractions. It's just the two of you. And you're asking each other questions about your inner world. So this is a Gottman principle. You're learning about each other's inner world. So this is like, how not it, it goes beyond how is your day, but it was like, what are you super excited about? Like, what was really hard for you? Um, you know, how how was that big thing you've been working on, right? So you're getting to know each other's inner worlds. You go back and forth, and then uh, at the end, you you have some physical manifestation of connection. So that's could be a kiss, that could be a hug, it could be a back rub, whatever's meaningful to you as a representation that you've connected. 
So that happens every day, non-negotiable. Like there's no reason why that shouldn't happen. Sure. And then, okay, so that's daily connections, right? That's number one. Number two, weekly date nights, super important. This is three hours out of 168 hours in a week where we don't talk about kids, we don't talk about finances, we don't talk about business, we don't talk about the things that are bothering us, that's for another time, right? Yeah. We go out and the, like weekly date nights are for connection and fun and, and like tapping into that giddy teenage, we just met and we're so in love energy, right? So it can be, it doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant. In fact, my husband and I's favorite date night right now during COVID is like, picking a, a, a fast food restaurant, going, picking up takeout, eating in the car, watching the sunset, walking around the lake or something like that, right? We talk about our favorite books. We talk about like what what is like making us happy during the day, right? Those types of things. That is date night. And you end that with physical intimacy. So at least every day you're connecting on an emotional and physical level quickly. And every week you're again, connecting emotionally during that date night and physically at the end. Oh my God. That is, like is how, yeah, that is how <laughs> you, that connection, that's how you tune into each other. That's how you'll know if there's a problem and if something needs to be renegotiated. And if something does need to be renegotiated, it's outside of those two periods of time. And then the daily five I like to teach as, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I'm a planner, right? So I plan my yearly goals. I've got my quarterly goals, my monthly goals, my weekly goals. And every night before I shut down, like when I, when we get off this call, right, I'm going to look at my tomorrow and I'm going to see what I, what I have going on tomorrow, what I need and make sure I have my podcasting, editing equipment, whatever, whatever my day looks like tomorrow. And I pick my daily five. My partner always makes it onto my daily five, whether it's as simple as sending him a text in the middle of the day, reminding him of our hot date tomorrow night, right? Or if it's um, picking up his favorite drink at the grocery store so that he knows I was thinking about him, leaving a, a note on his pillow, letting him know I really appreciate him doing the dishes, whatever it is, small, simple, something in my daily five. I know the day's been a success if that gets done. Mm. So those are the three like ways to ensure that you're not getting too far. I guess writing this stuff down, I I, I know I am. This is this is good. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Because I I I I like how you you because I'm gonna be, how do I say this? Right now in the world, if you go out there and you look at and you try to just type in any sort of dating advice or anything like that online, I'm sorry, you get bombarded by so much bullshit and and i love how how you you because because usually it's about like how do you know if they're cheating how it's it's already a lot of it's already kind of kind of built like you're already assuming things are already over right it's this injustice that makes it so uh consumable online and here you are just explaining it to us so simple straightforward just do this do that you'll be fine and i'm just like thank you for being a bright light <laughs> thank you <laughs> Well, I appreciate you saying that. I, you know, I've, I've learned it. My mess became my message. Right. And so I just figured out a way to not, not get too far off track because that's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not easy, but it's pretty simple. So I can take it from what you guys talk about 
is like these are the things like where i was writing them down and i was like yeah you know that happened that happened that happened and then you can see like there was a disconnect here disconnect there or something like that so you can see that it's almost like this is the the recipe that people should be doing and it also when you you can even break it down into not only it's about like the relationship with a husband and wife it could be a, it could be like your team building like other teams that type of thing so if you're a manager you can go ahead and do the same exact thing where you can actually be a little bit more communicative because i have seen this a lot especially being an engineer that it, they tend to be uh very no non-emotions just black and white and they don't really care about like what's really going on they just want to say what can you get done how are you going to get done done and then, do you have any roadblocks and what are you working on today what are you working on tomorrow it's all like you're a machine and it says we're not machines we are human beings living this experience and that's what i, I want to say Thank you so much for that tidbit of knowledge and information that everybody needs to utilize, whether they're in a relationship or whether they're not in a relationship. This is gold. Thank you. It works with your kids too. So, I mean, you know, I mean, apply it to any relationship that you don't want to get estranged from, right? No, you're right. Cause like when I think about my kids, like, like from school and everything, I'm completely vulnerable with them because that's what I wanted as a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. So then why aren't I doing it with my relationship? There's no excuse. Yeah. So if you do it right, the kids are going to leave and the spouse is still going to be there. So you got to make sure that you're doing it with the spouse. <laughs> no, I just want the kids. I just want to keep the kids. <laughs> They're great. As long as you don't want to end up with the kids and not the spouse. <laughs> agreed. 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 <laughs> Monica, we're coming to the end of our show here. Today, you have given us a wealth of value and information. I know we could probably go on for hours and hours about this, but we want people to get in touch with you so they can learn more about your programs, how to get a hold of you, so that they can get the coaching necessary to grow their family stronger as well as building their business. How can they go about doing that? Absolutely. So, uh, you can find everything on my website, www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com. I have a Facebook group by the same name, On the Brighter Side of Marriage for Entrepreneurs. I hang out on Instagram a lot, uh, at Tanner one or um, you can find podcasts, which is so really incredibly awesome. There's been, we, We've done some really fun interviews. So um, like the, the thing about, you know, earning a million or a billion dollars, like these entrepreneurs have done it like successfully with their families in tow. Right. And so that's really fun to hear their stories. I, I always laugh that I love the bachelor. <laughs> like I love a good reality TV series. Like, but what I love more than a young woman dating 25 hunky men, right. Is like a couple who has made it through like the tough times and the good mm -hmm. times and they've done it together and the way they tell their story is just like so incredibly amazing to hear so um you can find the podcast on the brighter side marriage for entrepreneurs from the website that's absolutely amazing thank you for much for sharing your gifts and your talents with us today 
please reach out to Monica. She's the best in the business. She will definitely help you get to where you are now, to where you need to be. So make sure that you reach out to her. We're going to have information about Monica on her website at the extraordinarybeingmovement.com. So you could check her out there as well. But before I go, I want to get some final thoughts. Fred, Fred Martinez, final thoughts from you, sir. Uh, like I stated earlier, this is this is gold. This is something that a person should be doing on an everyday, uh, everyday. You need to be working on yourself, be working on the relationship, working on your business. So those are the three things that you should be always be looking at. The three th three important things, business, yourself, and your relationship. So thank you for, uh, for clarifying all the information to us. You bet. Thank you. And Christopher Shiver, final thoughts. Uh, uh, three words, vulnerability, creativity, uh, vulnerability, curiosity leads to creativity. That's, that's it. That's all I'm focused on. That's it. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I got it. Absolutely amazing, Chris. So again, Monica, thank you for so much for spending your time with us. Uh, we look forward to collaborating with you and talking to you again. So thank you. Uh, again, this is Len DeCarmine with the Extraordinary Being Movement. Check us out on all the podcasting sites. You can download this episode and many others. Check out our YouTube channel and also visit us at theextraordinarybeingmovement.com. We thank you so much and we wish you the best for your success, your business, and of course your relationships and your family. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.